The Startup to Scale Up Game Plan is brought to you by Alpina Search, Europe's premier talent search firm, dedicated to helping technology startups and scale-ups recruit high-impact executives. Now over to your host, Gary Riemann. I'm delighted to welcome Luca Pagano, Chief Executive Officer at BMII, Europe's leading crowdsourced in-store data as a service provider. And they've just closed their Series C. So Luca is fresh or perhaps uh, exhausted from uh, celebrating that uh, funding round. So uh, Luca, a very warm welcome to the uh, Startup to Scale Up game plan. Thank you very much, Gary. And uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Yep, you're uh, you're very welcome. And obviously, we'll talk about that uh, Series C later on in this conversation. But let's begin with you telling us a little bit about your early career and how you got into uh, international technology leadership roles. Well, the very early parts of my career are uh, when uh, dating back to the late 90s. Uh, when I moved uh, to England from uh, uh, from my native country, uh, Italy, I moved to Oxford, in particular to the Oxford Centre for Innovation. Quite an exciting moment uh, to be in the UK at the time. It was the first uh, dot-com uh, boom. Uh, I wasn't much at all into uh, technology. Uh, at all. I did uh, management consulting uh, as my first experiences, uh, just uh, fresh out of university and then uh, all of a sudden uh, we were talking about uh, knowledge management, uh, intranets and then the whole uh, internet uh, phenomenon started exploding with uh, uh, startups uh, becoming incredibly big in an uh, incredibly short amount of time and uh, that's when my passion for Technology uh, began. From then, I covered uh, various roles in uh, content, uh, software sales, e-commerce, gaming, and in general, I would say that the common denominators uh, in my career have always been three. Uh, first, uh, always high-growth uh, companies in very high-growth sectors. Secondly, international activities, so typically covering uh, multiple markets, and thirdly, mobile. So I was uh, lucky enough from uh, the very early days to be involved in uh, uh, activities which were very heavily focused on uh, uh, mobile technology, uh, especially value-added services for mobile technology. Let's, uh, let's move to the phase in your career when you landed at uh, Buongiorno. Um, you expanded Buongiorno into a number of emerging markets. Uh, what were the key challenges and the major lessons that you learned from that? So, Buongiorno was uh, an incredible story uh, for me. So, I started uh, in the UK, there were only 10 people. Uh, Buongiorno at the time was uh, over 70 people group wide and no more than 10 million euros in revenues. When I left a few years later, seven years later, there were like 1,500 people and 350 million euros in turnover. So it's been a fantastic success story. And by the time I left, I was running the largest region of the group, which was uh, covering approximately 
15, 17 territories spread all over the world. I had uh, obviously UK and Ireland, uh, Central Europe, Russia, uh, Germany, uh, the whole of Africa and um, uh, Australia. Now, clearly very, very challenging uh, role, uh, but I must say it's been one of the most exciting times of my life because I was given the possibility to, first of all, inherit uh, a number of territories and companies which Buongiorno had uh, uh, acquired uh, by consolidating other competitors and then to expand into new territories where I did believe that there was uh, an opportunity for the company to really make a mark in the market. Challenges, Rory, first of all, family <laughs> and travel. Uh, when you have uh, uh, that kind of um, expansion plans, uh, you have to be uh, physically present as much as you possibly can, especially when it comes to integrating uh, different units uh, into a new structure into a new culture um, and uh, what I did learn particularly is that you have to adapt your uh, leadership style uh, to the regional or the uh, local culture. Dealing with a German guy not the same as dealing with the Nigerian guy. Talking to an Australian client not the same as talking to a Russian client and your uh, you, you need to be a bit of a chameleon to be effective uh, at your job when you start expanding so rapidly and I had to learn it by doing. Um, then obviously for me the biggest uh, challenge of all was to take a, a relatively uh, fragmented uh, unit which was called my region, the UK International, and uh, follow three uh, very simple uh, indicators which were simplification, standardization, and consolidation. Because ultimately, the only way you can really uh, manage such a complex and vast uh, business unit is to make sure that you can create uh, some sort of uh, simplification across the board and consolidate around the core uh, uh, product offerings. Let's uh, come a little bit up to date now. Uh, Luca and uh, talk a little bit about Be My Eye. I'm really fascinated by the story of you coming in to Be My Eye and uh, um, replacing the founder who became the executive chairman. So you came in as a CEO. That's often regarded as one of the most daunting challenges in any VC-backed firm, uh, replacing the founder CEO. So um, tell me more about how that role came about and how you ensured a smooth transition into the business? Well, actually it was even worse than that because the founder was the co-CEO at the time and there was another CEO in place which I uh, had to uh, replace but in agreement with the uh, VCs at the time we decided to keep uh, both of them for different reasons. Uh, the co-CEO who was not the founder was uh, the main guy driving uh, the sales so we didn't want to rock the boat completely and I was happy with uh, the idea of uh, maintaining the status quo. I'm not uh, particularly problematic when it comes to managing egos, uh, especially mine, but um, that has been uh, without a doubt the biggest challenge. Uh, biggest challenge because you enter into a uh, 
business with a very clear uh, established culture. There's a very clear leadership, uh, loyalty to that leadership. And uh, the additional challenge for me was that in my career, I never dealt with uh, the offline world as such. I mean, I didn't really work in uh, retail or uh, FNCG or consumer electronics space uh, unless uh, it had something to do with uh, e-commerce, online or mobile. So for me, understanding the market, the specifics of uh, this particular vertical, uh, and indeed the, the business was uh, a phenomenal uh, challenge uh, at the beginning, and I did encounter my fair share of uh, uh, obstructions from, um, uh, actually not the founder, but uh, the other co-CEO. Uh, with the founder, I got on, uh, along, uh, I got along beautifully. Um, we have, um, very complementary uh, skills. He's never uh, for a moment uh, challenged. Uh, my leadership has been extremely supportive. And again, I guess it goes back to that uh, ability to interpret different roles and behave uh, in, a, uh, in a way that can be adapted to the types of personalities that you're dealing with. It could be different cultures, or it just could be different uh, DNAs, uh, if, you, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, so uh, to, to mount on all of this, the additional uh, challenge is that I uh, took on the role with the specific mandate to take this beautiful toy, this great idea that is BMI, and make it an international success. So uh, right off the bat, I had to go out and uh, raise money for a business that obviously I didn't know uh, too well yet, because I'd only be three months in the, in the job, in a market which wasn't a market that I was a subject matter expert on. And, uh, uh, but I needed absolutely to raise money to accelerate the international expansion and indeed uh, to build my team. So. Um, how do you do this, Rory? Uh, you just have to get on with it. You try to do your best to create uh, the right uh, teamwork and spirit. And then uh, when that doesn't work, you have to uh, cut your losses, um, take the hard decisions and move on. So your comment about being a chameleon clearly uh, uh, has been important, not, not just in terms of selling and um, penetrating different different markets, different uh, cultures, but also in, in dealing with uh, different individuals you've, uh, you've engaged with in, uh, in uh, Be My Eye and maybe in other companies as well. So uh, Luca Pagano, the chameleon, um, <laughs> is, uh, is an interesting tagline for you, I think. Um, I'd love to hear more about the success you've had at Be My Eye because you've scaled incredibly rapidly across 20 or more European countries. Well, Be My Eye is a business that has inherently an international component to it because you deal with a problem which affects big multinationals in every single country where they operate. Um, in some countries more uh, acutely than others. And the international scale-up is not even 
an option. It's almost a must-do for uh, this kind of business. So, um, obviously, the reason why I was asked to take on this job is because I had this experience prior uh, to BMI. Um, and fundamentally, what you need to do in order to uh, expand into many territories and to do it rapidly and to do it in a capital efficient way is first of all making sure that you already proven your concept you've already found that product market fit um, that you have reached a certain level of uh, efficiency in your business because you don't want to scale inefficiencies otherwise you create a very very big problem for you the organization your clients and ultimately your shareholders and when you have a company like ours, you can rely, you have to rely on your best clients because those are the ones that will take you places as, as it goes. Uh, they will take you to the various countries where they need uh, your services because they've learned that your uh, product can be a best practice for uh, their uh, core activities. It becomes integral to their operational processes and it makes perfect sense for them once they tried it in Italy or in France or in Spain to then do it in uh, Germany, in the Nordics, in Poland and then very soon Brazil, Mexico, US, Korea, India. So ultimately the clients, if you do a good job, if you find the right product mix, uh, market fit and you are able to really become essential in the operational activities of your client, the clients will take you to more markets and you have to be fast at uh, taking that opportunity because otherwise there's always going to be somebody else ready to do it in your place. Some interesting talent challenges as well, no doubt. So when you're expanding so rapidly, um, you need to, to hire quickly, hire lots of people quickly in different markets. So um, what do you look for in terms of talent and how do you know you've got it? Well look, first of all, um, that is definitely one, it's always going to be one of the biggest challenges. Uh, identifying uh, somebody who's right uh, and uh, hoping that uh, it's actually going to work out the way you, you want to. Um, typically I look for people that are better than me, what they should be doing. Uh, I don't want people that uh, tell me that I'm right because I don't care about being right, I care about being successful so I actually prefer people that challenge me and that can teach me something. Um, they need to be expert in the subject matter. What I've learned certainly in our space is uh, and I've learned it you on know, my own skin, it's, it's fine, yeah of course everyone can travel from one sector to the other but when you are working in uh, high growth companies uh, like this one in uh, sectors that are moving extremely rapidly, changing in a very dynamic way, uh, you don't have time sometimes to wait for somebody to get under the skin of the product or the specific uh, verticals, understanding how do you actually sell to a, uh, a large uh, FNCG customer, for example, you need to have people that have been there already, they have been dealing with this kind of uh, individuals that have been selling data and understand exactly how this type of operations function. So that's a, that's a key learning and that's a key uh, trait that I'm looking for. Um, uh, then 
they need to be uh, foolish. Uh, I like people that have a little bit of that crazy spark in their eyes, uh, that they transmit, that they convey that uh, very strong passion and devotion uh, to the jersey, I call it. I'm a, I'm a football fanatic. I'm, I judge the, the players in my football team by the, the level of devotion, the level of effort they put into, uh, into the pitch because they really care about the colors that they represent. And uh, for me, talent in a business uh, follows exactly the same, uh, the same dynamics. You want to have people that from the interview process, you already know these guys uh, will go to hell and back uh, for, this, uh, for this business. Uh, and uh, if I give him the support and the trust that he needs, uh, he will repay me 10 times over. And ultimately, you want to have people that you can have a beer with that you can find yourself in a different part of the world with and uh, have a good time as well. Because ultimately, if, if you don't have a good time when you work, which is uh, in our case uh, 12 to 14 hours a day minimum, uh, then you're not going to really enjoy yourself. And uh, for me, enjoying yourself at work is the number one prerogative. <laughs> so it sounds like you're building a really fun crazy culture at, uh, at Be My Eye, which is, uh, which is lovely to hear. Uh, and we know what kind of people you like to bring into the organization in terms of talent. What do you look for in investors? But look, I would, uh, I would apply a lot of those uh, already mentioned to them as well. Uh, my, I've got four VCs now on board. Um, uh, I like uh, I like them uh, a lot. They got some uh, very interesting personalities, all of them. And again, the chameleon uh, uh, element is very very important because you deal uh, you have to deal differently with each one of them. But they're uh, uh, incredible in the amount of value that they that they can bring. Uh, the level of support. I mean, they understand the difficulties that a, a young fast growing company uh, can face in the in the scale-up uh, process, uh, so the, uh, the the key characteristic again is can these people really understand what uh, the dynamics are going to be when uh, what they're going to behave like when uh, difficulties uh, will arise, and uh, can I have a beer with them? And the answer to all these questions is typically yes for all of them. And now you've raised that uh, at 10 million. Um, what are your future plans? Look, in, uh, if I look at uh, the mine uh, three years, we will be a global player, quite possibly number one or two in the world, uh, operating in uh, 50 countries. And I think that ultimately the use of funds will be primarily in uh, developing the best-in-class product without a doubt. Uh, so uh, creating propositions that we can scale on a global basis very, very rapidly. And um, continue fueling the international expansion because it does take a little bit of capital to, uh, to do that on such a sustained level. And the one thing that actually makes us all proud and when I talk about the attachment, the devotion to the jersey, uh, this is one of the key uh, drivers of our passion at uh, BMI, this is the very motive why we exist, uh, is the fact that we want to give unskilled uh, labor uh, a chance, uh, a chance to earn money 
uh, in many different ways by conducting uh, small little jobs here and there. Uh, that's very much the basis of our crowdsourcing methodology. And by then, we believe we're going to have 2 million people or more across the world that we've been able to somehow make a difference for in their lives. And um, if I'm thinking about one of the key legacies that BMI will leave behind in the years to come, that's definitely the possibility of uh, giving these people a chance. So it's quite a, a strong social aspect to your to your business. It's not just about uh, making money and, and progressing towards a big exit. There's the um, uh, social value that you're creating as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I think you always say, that every, everybody knows or they should know what their companies do. And most people know how they do it or at least how they do it better than their competitors. But only the truly great companies really know why they do what they do. And in our case, this is really the why. Yeah. Now, if you, if you were not a successful technology leader and you've, you've been in these sorts of roles for a decade or more now, but uh, if you were to be or do something else and we've heard about your passion for for football earlier on in this uh, conversation what uh, what would you still like to do outside of the world of tech outside of the world of uh, uh, venture capital and and leading organizations like be my eye i think i would be a football coach maybe for kids i've seen myself uh, very heavily involved in uh, uh, situations like that when I've been called uh, to substitute for the uh, for my son's uh, football team maybe I will be doing that maybe I will be good at that <laughs> maybe one day you'll I will be... certainly I would certainly have a lot of fun doing that I'm sure you would and the it sounds like the Italian football team could do with a new coach right now so maybe that's uh... I would say it would be difficult to find anyone worse than the, the one we just had. So, uh, yeah, I take it as a compliment, although probably not, not a very big one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it'd be great to see you have having a, a kickabout on the football field. Maybe we'll have the chance to do that uh, at, uh, at some point in the future. But in the meantime, let me uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Luca, and sharing your your insights in how to rapidly scale a B2B software venture. Thank you very much for uh, having me, Gary. It's been a pleasure talking to you. This episode of the Startup to Scale Up Game Plan was brought to you by Alpina Search. Head over to www.alpinasearch.com for advice on scaling your technology startup and recruiting high-impact senior talent. 